This is the More Than Fitness Podcast with Matt McLeod. You're in a closet. Of course I am. This is Silly Goose Studios. <laughs> my, uh, I actually did that for a little while and then I just kept recording. Hold on, I have to take my pants off because I can't record a podcast with pants on. I think that's only fitting. Okay. Just so, just so the world knows that this is how the show starts. Everyone should know. I'm unzipping and taking my pants off right now. So if my wife comes in here to take a picture of me, it will be on Instagram later because I can't do a podcast with pants on. You, I'm pretty sure you already have pantless pictures on your on your. Uh, I think I, you're na- you have naked pictures on your Instagram. Actually, I, that was her idea. Actually, uh, <laughs> was it really? Yeah. You're not, so, yeah, you should take a picture of me with my pants off because I'm uh, recording a podcast. <laughs> the, the, because, wife is, the wife is in the room now. <laughs> yeah, she came in and was like, what? What do you want me to do? <laughs> you got the fancy iPhone. Make sure you get plenty in my butt. Oh, yeah, oh, you know. Ta- taco underwear. There it is. Um, God. Word. This is this is perfect. I think this is this is already <laughs> this is already to a great start. I, I like I like where this is heading. Um, it, it's all good. In the last in the last podcast I recorded, we we talked about MMA and puppies. So it's it's all good. We 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 hit a wide variety of topics. So everything is fair game here. It's what you got to do, dude. Especially pantless do. interviews. <laughs> um, but uh, but cool, but cool. I guess I guess yeah, we can we can go ahead and and, and jump right into it. Robbie, how uh, how are you doing, brother? Oh man, it's Friday. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm trying to get all my work done so I can go play some Red Dead Redemption Two right now. But uh, I got some I got some programming to do and late check ins with clients to take care of. So mm-hmm. no, I, I I completely understand. It's Fridays are always always tough for me because I'm like I kind of have that that weekend feeling coming and I'm like okay I got to get my shit done so that later I can just do nothing and enjoy myself completely. I'm trying to set my Fridays up to where like I don't have any clients to check in with. Like I have a few calls uh, with uh, some of my training clients um, on their biweekly calls, but it's getting to the point where like I'm I don't have any nutrition check ins with clients on Fridays, so I'm like able to do some reading and note taking and video game playing. Sure, 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 and you've been. You've been in the game. You've been in the game for for a while now. So for people who don't who don't, uh, yeah, you're old as shit. Um, so for people, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> no, again, uh, for people who kind of don't know, usually the the first question I ask is like, if you meet somebody at the bar and they ask, you know, like, what do you do? What what's your response? Uh, for what I do, uh, I I help men. Uh, and women, I work with men and women, uh, though my Facebook ads right now are towards men, uh, <laughs> make their thirties better than their twenties or their forties better than their thirties. Okay. Uh, I like I, that. I help them, uh, you know, improve their health, their fitness, uh, become the, the parents that they be parents that can interact with their kids, uh, be people who don't have to worry about my dad had a heart attack when he was 45. I don't, I'm 43. I don't want to die at 45. Um, you know, getting stronger, feeling better than, than, than what you feel right now. And knowing that, you know, focusing on good nutrition and 
weightlifting exercises that I like to say are bodybuilding classics with a foundational functional fitness foundation. Oh, that's perfect. Um, that's crisp. I like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I try. Uh, <laughs> and then I forget it and babble on for like two minutes. <laughs> you got to remind um, yourself. Yeah. And then just like, like those things, like how does the training help you play basketball with your kids? Uh, for, uh, some of the clients I work with, uh, one of them is a stand up paddle board. What are exercises you can do that carry over to that? Like, there are things you can do. Um, it doesn't just have to be like, like CrossFit's great. I'm not knocking on CrossFit or not knocking on yoga or any of those other things. But if you're going to be on a paddleboard standing up, you need good core stability. You need to understand that you're twisting, you know, through one side and bodybuilding.com doesn't really talk about a lot of those things. Like it doesn't take some of those things in, into, into account. Um, so that's sort of what I do uh, besides brooding in my office and listening to emo music from the early two thousands <laughs> and writing, uh, to deal with my emotions because I hate them. Um, you know, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Cool. That's, cool. That's, that's what I do. No, that works. That's, that's perfect. And like I said, you've been, did you, um, let's kind of take it back. Did you end up, did you go to college? Uh, I went to college for theater. So I have a bachelor of arts in theater arts. Uh, I was, I don't like to say was, uh, I'm an actor. Okay. Like, naturally, that's that's what I like. That's what I went to school for. It's what I love to do. Uh, I have experience in uh, lighting design, and I miss that. Okay, uh, so these are all perfect as a fitness coach. So this is great. I, I really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I've built sets. I can, I can, I can work my way in the shop with with wood and nails and hammers and uh, welding. Welding is a lot of fun. I would tell anyone like. You know, uh, it's a it's a cool little thing to learn. And I learned some of that in, in college. But, you know, acting is what I love or what I loved. Um, and then, you know, I moved to New York to try and be an actor. And then I realized I don't think I really care for it the way I think I care for it. Uh, all right, fine. OK, I was a 24, 25 year old kid who wanted to go to five auditions and then become Chris Pratt. Right. You know, like I wanted I wanted it to happen instantly. Of course. And that's usually how acting goes, because it's not a hard gig at all. Right. It's usually how everything goes. In life. <laughs> I mean, we work with clients who like after a month, they're like the scales only move five pounds. OK, <laughs> sure. I'm down three inches, but I don't look like Chris Hemsworth yet. <laughs> yeah. um, no, you don't, because. Chris Hemsworth was a model who worked out for years and then got cast as Thor and just kept working out. You've been a couch potato for 10 years. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was also born Australian and beautiful and everything. So, you know, how well, it is. You know, that's how it is. Him, him and Hugh Jackman. God. Him and Hugh Jackman. Damn those guys. Um, <laughs> but, uh, okay, so you, 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 went to, you went to school for, for theater, all right? So where did, uh, where did fitness kind of come into all of this? Uh, you know, like most, like most people in their early twenties, uh, I think so. Like I lifted weights in high school. I took a weightlifting class, uh, as an elective. Of course. Um, I, it was, I was like, I'll take that. Why not? Of course. Um, and I, I grew up playing sports. I played soccer. I played basketball. I played baseball. Okay. I sat on the bench in baseball. Um, <laughs> but I was great. I was a great bench warmer and cheerleader. <laughs> you had some great conversations with people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, hey, hey, guys, the water cooler's right here. I got you Gatorade as you come in. Um, hey, take this one. You, you're, you're playing hard. You take this one. It's really cool. A lot of ice. We're good. 
That that was me. That was me. Uh, and watching the parents and being like, "Oh my god, you people are insane! You're so crazy. Baseball parents are wacko, man." Well, they probably get bored of shit watching the sport because it's just nothing's going on for the majority of the time. I true, <laughs> yeah. true. Um, but like, I grew up playing sports, so I was always kind of active. Got into theater in high school. Decided that's what I wanted to do. Went to college for it, uh, and then at some point. You know, I started trying to lift weights again one summer because I needed to impress the ladies um, and didn't really pay attention to the diet, just lifted like that was it. Stopped doing that. Uh, and then somewhere around like 2009, 2010, um, I got a job working for the U.S. Census Bureau and uh, had a, a nine to five um, or a nine to nine, really. Um and then started lifting again, uh, but I didn't pay attention to the diet. I just lifted. I wasn't I wasn't ready for what it really took because I still wanted to go home and play Call of Duty until one a.m. and drink at least six beers a night while playing Call of Duty with my gaming clan friends. Okay. Um, yes, of course. Was this Call of Duty Four? Oh, bro. <laughs> duh. Are you kidding me? This- DSA Dark Side Alliance was like. Listen, we went into rooms and people saw the DSA tag and left in droves. We like when it came to domination, we obliterated people. And Modern Warfare too, like we were good, but the newer kill streaks kind of changed some of that, and mm-hmm. adding more perks changed yeah, some of that. Yeah, 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 dude. We got so good at being like, all right, I got, I got, a, you know, I got a chopper. All right, cool. Hey, man, I got a chopper too. Cool. I'm gonna call mine in. And like, people just they couldn't spawn because we just kept dropping just stuff just on. hammering this is how we this is how we first bonded actually in new york whenever we first met kind of we yeah. i think on the way home we started talking about call of duty a little bit and you were like oh dude you have no idea and i was like all right yeah i was i was i wasn't that big i feel like you know what's funny is i feel like the dsa clan kind of sounds familiar we probably like we had well our clan was vajj so v-a-j-j um and so that that was kind of what we went with we didn't play any like clan wars or anything like that or get into clan battles um, but we would, we would take it pretty serious, but our thing was hardcore search and destroy. Um, see, we didn't, we, uh, we'd be in the same room though. We'd be those guys in the, in the same room where if one of us died, we'd be like, Hey dude, he's over there behind the fucking car. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh dude. I lo- I loved hardcore. I, I thought, uh, hardcore was, was way more challenging. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, that, there was a whole lot of. There was a whole lot of time I spent. Uh, nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm still proud of that gold cross. Not oh, like, of course. Oh, dude. Dude, there was nothing. Like, I never tried it in any other game. All I wanted was that gold cross to say that I did it. Yes. For people for people that don't know, 10th Prestige, uh, whenever you earn 10th Prestige on Call of Duty 4, um, you, you get the gold cross. And that means you're like the highest level amongst the other players in the game. So that was like a badge of honor. Yeah. Yeah, it basically meant you spent an entire month of <laughs> yeah. real lifetime. You, you, like, you wasted did, so much time on this video game. Have you, did you have you ever like put it back in just to look at how many days, not hours, days you spent playing that? Because that game wasn't like uh World at War came out next and everybody was like, I don't want to go back to World War II. And then everyone moved to Modern Warfare 2 when it came out. But that was two years that Call of Duty 4 was the number one or number two game. Uh, on Xbox Live, it was insane. Yeah, yeah, no, a hundred percent. But I, I wouldn't trade some of those memories for anything. Like those were nope. some of the best times that I ever had in my entire life. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I think I was, I was up to, 
I believe I was up to like 35 days of playing time. Um, something like that. 35 days. So for, yeah, people like 35 days of gameplay. So 35 days of my life continuously, I was playing that game. And you think about if you maybe average two hours a day, like like do the math. I'll let the people do the math. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a lot of time. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And then, and so, okay. So you were, you, you, you were big into video games and then you also, you started to get into fitness, but you weren't doing the nutrition Uh, side of things. I I wasn't really doing much of, of anything and everything changed in, uh, in 2013. Okay. How old were you at this time? Uh, or roughly 27. 27? Yeah. Okay. 2013. Was it 2013? 20? Hold on. Quick maths. Yes. 2013. Okay. Uh, I I had I had to think back to when I got engaged. It's all good. You're 63, um, so it's fine. <laughs> God damn you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. How, how old are you? I'm 33. I hate Nick Sorrell and Tanner Bays <laughs> so much for that. Because, no, I'm not even kidding you. We were at a conference once, and they had everyone... Everyone thought I was like in my fifties. They're like, "Oh my god, he looks amazing for fifty-five. And I'm like, "I hate you guys uh, so much." That's great. Um, that's so. Funny. So it was John Romanello's book, uh, "Man 2.0: Reengineering the Alpha," uh, which in this day and age, you're like, "Ugh, should have chosen a better, better title." Bro. Um, <laughs> it worked, but at the time. you know, he was yeah, it worked at the time. Uh, but that was the book that it changed everything for me because I opened it and I read it. And I was on Reddit at the time when he had done an AMA. Uh, and he was talking in the AMA about brand new and taking back Sunday and comic books and Star Wars. And I was like, you're, you're perfect. You're, you, you are me, but in the body that like I wanted to be in, like I'm Screech sitting here and you're AC Slater. <laughs> I want to be AC. Right. But you're still Screech. Like I, I, I think too many of us, or at least maybe just my stories, I grew up being like, I was ashamed of being a nerd because like I get really, really passionate and nerdy about these things. Um, and to know that like he could do that and he did that in his writing and he did that talking about fitness. I was like, done. I'm in. I love this guy. Uh, I'm, I'm in it to win it. So I bought the book, um, did the program. Uh, I was also reading Mark Sisson at the time, and I, you know, they they're very similar in the way they were kind of almost paleoish uh, in intermittent fasting. So I got into to doing intermittent fasting at that point, and I was doing paleo, and and that my body changed, dude. It completely changed. Um, and then about a year and a half later, everyone started coming to me for advice, and there was a small voice in my head that was like, "This is what you need to do." And I was like, nah, universe, shut up. I don't know. <laughs> were you still were you still at the uh the census at this time? No, 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 no. I was in New York at the time. Oh, doing uh, the acting. Working, uh yes, doing the acting. <laughs> By acting, I mean I quit going to auditions and took a desk job. Okay. Where you uh, where were you working? Uh at a place called Simon's Hardware and Bath over on Third Avenue. They sold uh super expensive like cabinet knobs. Um and I was like Okay, now granted, I know everyone hates him now, but I was like ten feet away from Louis C.K. one day, and I was like, <gasps> <laughs> "Oh, that's still uh, that's that's sick. That's still dope." Yeah, so like famous people would come in, so they did like cabinet knobs and door locks and 
uh, you know, all these sort of, you know, bath and all, all this stuff. Um, cool. I like, I like touching on those jobs because I like seeing people's timelines from like, okay, first I wanted to do this, then that didn't work out. Then I wanted to do this and that didn't work out. And if you're doing like odd jobs in between, like a lot of fucking people can relate to that as they're trying yeah. to navigate through life. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I talk about those things at times. I just forget sometimes that like I've done some of those odd jobs. Like my wife and I were talking the other day, like I worked, you know, the economy tanked like right after I graduated in 2008. Um, so I took a job at a theater where my wife and I met, I came back to my parents and no one was hiring. The census was hiring because they have to do the census every 10 years. Um, so I like walked around and like, GPS where people's houses were to make sure the address was correct so that like maps could make sense. Um, and then worked in the office because they were like, you're a smart kid. I was like, I guess I'm smart <laughs> or everyone else you hired is just an idiot. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. um, so they let me in the office and I got like a supervisor role. So like I did that. And then my girlfriend who's now wife was like, listen, I don't want to do this long distance thing anymore. Let's move to New York. And I was like, all right, I got a degree. Might as well put it to use. Uh, worked at a cupcake shop, Crumbs Bakery, in case anyone from New York is listening. Uh, Amazing. And Yeah, hated it. Moved from that to do some temp work for a little bit and then got hired at Simon's, stayed there for about a year and a half. And then my wife got into grad school and we moved to Richmond, Virginia. And then I started temping at SunTrust and then got hired at SunTrust. And then we got married and I took the like last $100 or last $400 uh, from our wedding fund and bought uh, all the stuff from ACE, the American Council of Exercise. Got certified as a trainer, started entering at a gym there, uh, and then started my podcast in a, all in the fall of 2014, uh, and then got certified through Fitocracy, when that was a thing, uh, as a official Fitocracy coach. And then I've just been doing that ever since, writing, coaching, uh, training in person. Uh, and that's like, that's really it. So I, I've had all those odd jobs, uh, and they eventually got me to where I am, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's amazing. I, I, I love, I just love going back and, and hearing people's stories and, um, seeing how they, whatever dealt with that adversity, how their passions changed, um, all, all kinds of that stuff. So with the, um, with with the acting, like when did you like what when did it click? Because I'm sure you did you have a period of like denial where you were like, okay, no, this is it. Like, how do you know you're like, okay, somebody's like, this is my passion. How do you know when you're just not trying hard enough or you're just in denial and you just suck? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So but uh before my uh my wife basically gave me the ultimatum. Uh, and I know it's really horrible to say an ultimatum in a relationship, but she was pretty much like, look, I, I don't want to do long distance. Either we move to New York together or, uh, you know, we just go our own ways. Um, I had told her I wanted to move to L.A. I was like, I'm going to move to L.A. I'm going to put everything in my car. I'm going to go to L.A. And I knew when I said that, I was like, you are full of shit and you know it. You're not going to do it. You're just saying it. You're going to say you want to do it and you're going to go out there and you know what you're going to do. You're going to keep playing video games. You're not at like, you're going to go out there and get told no because you don't have the balls to actually go through with all this. So I moved to New York and I auditioned, you know, at a couple of places. I didn't really know what to do. I don't really like, I can sing, but 
I'm not a great singer. Um, and uh, being a bass, there's really only a few roles. And I don't, I don't have a very, at one point I like, I had a, a E or an F to G um, range, but I just couldn't get over the G. So like there were a couple of roles where it was like, you can't really do this um, without going into like super falsetto. Um, and I just, I, I, I don't dance. I suck at it. Um, so I just, I stopped going to auditions because I wanted the success to, because I wanted it bad enough. I thought it would happen. Um, and then I was like, you know, I just, I want a job. I want money. I want a paycheck. I just, I want to do something. And the great thing about Simon's is that I was an administrative assistant. Basically I was the receptionist. I answered the phone on, uh, the cashier's lunch break. I would take over the cash register. Um, all I did all day was read Reddit, bodybuilding.com, Dean Somerset, Tony Gentlecore, uh, John Romanello, um, you know, all of those, all of those people that like I still admire today, like they're the reason I am where I am. They're the reason that like I wanted to get better at lifting weights. Um, and I don't, I think as I've gotten older, one of the things I've told myself is I can always get back into acting. I can always go back on stage. It's not over. Um, but I love this so much, you know, helping people improve their lives. Uh, you know, knowing that many of them have some of the same issues that I had five years ago in terms of like going after something and, and wanting to go for something I love. Like I eventually got to the point, especially when I decided to be a trainer and, and start training online is I was like, look, you wanted to go to North Carolina, the university of North Carolina, the greatest college in the history of colleges. Uh, and one of the greatest basketball programs ever suck at Kentucky. <laughs> All right. Debate. I knew I was going to do very, that. very, very debatable. That. Uh, well, you know, we also don't hire a cheater for a coach, but (laughs) take that cheetah party. Um, I wanted to go to Carolina. That was my dream. I went to Carolina basketball school. I got to play, uh, and do drills in the Dean dome. So that may have been the, the universe's way of being like, well, you kind of got this dream. Um, but I didn't want to practice, man. I didn't want to shoot hoops every day. I didn't want to run suicides. I didn't want to do the things that needed to be done because I wanted it. I just wanted it. And I thought if I wanted it and prayed enough for it, that like it would happen. No, because just saying words that you want something is meaningless. You actually have to take action to do something. I didn't understand that as a kid. I didn't get it. And same thing with acting. I thought I just wanted it, that it would happen. I didn't really know much. I didn't know how much of a grind it was. And the thing about New York is it's a great city but it will break you. And if you are not willing and accepting into being broken and just obliterated to build yourself back up, New York is not the place to be. Well, good. I'm moving there next year. So that's a good sign. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're kind of, listen, you're, if you, if you are established and have some things, like it's a great place to live. It's a shitty place to struggle. I'm just, I'm just messing. Yeah. my, My girlfriend's down there for law school now. And so we're doing long distance right now, actually. 
And so in, in a year from now, I'll probably be moving down there for, for at least about two years or so um, until she finishes up law school. Then it's 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 pretty likely, depending on where she could maybe get a job, that we could relocate. Um, but 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 yeah, but what I, what I wanted to ask from from all of that is why do you think with with acting and um, with with basketball, you, you basically you didn't. You, you talked a big game, but you didn't want to put in the work. Why was why do you think fitness stuck? Because you got interested in fitness by reading all of these people and getting excited and wanting to be better. Like, why do you think fitness kind of stuck and you continued to try and get better at it? Honestly, it was because I surrounded myself with the people who who inspired me to do it. Like lived the way. So here's what I I always like. If I find people that are living the way that I want to live. That's a big motivator for me, especially whenever I see them from similar backgrounds or, or whatever. I'm like, okay, they're living a life that I, at least similar to a life that I want to live. What is stopping me from, from being where they are? Yeah, it's, it's that. And, and I honestly, too, I, I wrote about this once with, you know, the, the dream of playing at Carolina that I got to a point where there was a voice in my head that went, look, you have half-assed everything in your life. Everything. You thought you could play at Carolina just because you wanted it bad enough. And then I actually got to see other people who were better than me. And I was like, oh shit, I'm really not that good. Like, I'm really not as good as I think. And then the same thing with acting. And that voice was like, look, you have to give everything. You either give everything to this right now, or you will continue to wake up in a job that you absolutely loathe. And the rest of your life, you will regret everything. So maybe a few years of really struggling, of going gray, like gray hair up here now, like give it your all. Like this is the last chance you have. And I just started listening to that voice. That was the voice I decided to listen to. And, and knowing that I was you know, reading people and talking to people who talked about that struggle and that, that constant desire and, you know, I, I only became a big reader in terms of like actually opening a book, you know, when, when my good friend Tanner Bays was like, dude, if you want to be a good writer, if you, and you have the talent, like you're a talented writer, you've got to start reading because the only way to understand how to make words better and to understand good writing is to read it. And like, that was, that was a catalyst for me to just start reading. And the more I started reading, the more I started realizing like, shit, man, like, you do have to do something like eventually it comes to a point where you go, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't be, I can't be the person that I was in the past. I know who I want to be. I have to prove to myself that I'm that I am that person. I can't just keep saying I'm that person. I have to actually do it. And I think that was the big thing that changed for me was being like, if you want this, go get it and don't stop. Don't let yourself settle for mediocrity. And that's what I had done with acting. It's what I had done with, you know, with basketball, uh, it was like, I didn't want to go outside and shoot free throws. Great. You know what? Right. Every day. Doesn't matter. Right. Every single day, read every single day. And if it wasn't for doing those things and just being like, all right, well, clearly successful people are saying to do this. Maybe if I do at least two of these things, it will make me more successful than I've ever been. And I mean, it has. Like, right, right. And you think it's because you think it's because maybe your, um, your 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 back was kind of against the wall, and you're like, you you tried these other things, um, and you realized, okay, this isn't. Maybe you, 
uh, it was easier to make excuses. So, you know, whenever you have a fallback, whenever you have a second option, you have a plan B or something like that, it can be very easy to detract from plan A, right? And you, you can give yourself excuses to not try as hard as you need to try. It sounds like whenever you got to the, um, the, the fitness and, and stuff like that, you were just like, okay, this is kind of make or break. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was, that was pretty much it. You know, I, I don't know if I would say my back was to the wall. It was more like, Robbie, shit or get off the pot. Like you've got, you've got to do it. Like John, John, you know, Roman once said to me, there are no half safe princesses. Like <laughs> right. Mar- Mario doesn't half save peach. I mean, we could have a whole discussion about really peach. You got to constantly get captured. Like, <laughs> like, like super smash brothers. You're the best. You're the best character in smash the best. But when it comes to Mario, you just keep getting caught by Bowser. Like, come on, punch the guy in the face, use your umbrella. And that stupid little toadstool thing that you use to like reflect hits or whatever. Um, yeah, right. But come on. Get it together. Um, but it, like, it's the truth. Like there's no half safe princesses. You can't half do something like it. it you can have do something, but you're never going to be happy with it. And you're always going to feel like you never did. You never had the chance. So just go full out and do it. And that's, that was sort of what changed. It sounds, it sounds almost like you had to, it, and it wasn't your back against the wall from like a financial standpoint or something like that. Cause you clearly, you can find jobs and things. And that was seemed to not be an issue, but as far as who you wanted to become, as far as proving something to yourself, this was, you know, make or break. Like you, you needed to do this for yourself or else you, you're just not going to have the confidence and live the life that you want to live. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I I don't often talk a lot about is the first thing I thought I was going to do in life uh, was not an actor. Uh, it was not fitness. Uh, I thought as a young kid, I had a calling to be a minister. Oh, okay. Uh, and when I say I thought I had a calling, I mean, people thought I was a really nice kid and people told me like, you should do this. It wasn't I wanted to do it. Like it was other people telling me that like, that's what I should do. So up until my junior year of high school, I thought that's what I was going to do. Mm. Um, did you grow up really religious, like with your with your family and stuff? Or I I did. Okay, I did. Pretty pretty religious. Um, but I think I think the reason that stuck to me and why I thought that was the thing that I wanted to do is I've always felt something. There was a voice. There was something inside of me that was like, "You have more to offer the world than what you than where you come from." And it's, I don't regret where I come from. I, I love where I come from, but something has always been like, there's more to you. You are going to do more good in the world than just having a job and having a family. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with those things, but I always felt that there was something deeper. There was something more I could offer. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why I was like, oh yeah, a minister. That sounds like, like, you know, there's, there's a value. There's something I'm striving to do. Like I'm helping people change their lives. And I think, I got tired of waking up every day and being like, I don't want to go to work. I don't Sunday night at 6 PM was the most depressing time of the week. I didn't want to, I didn't even want to go to bed on Sunday because I knew I had to go to work on Monday morning. And with this, I was like, this is hard. This is a struggle, but knowing that I'm touching people and changing lives, like that makes me want to wake up every day and, find what I can discover, answer the big questions that like people aren't asking, talk about the things that terrify people, talk about my story and just trying to help people in, in whatever way. And 
you know, I still wake up with my own idiosyncrasies and my own, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, my own issues, but I don't on Sundays, I don't hate Monday morning. I don't hate Tuesday morning. I don't hate any morning. Like I want to get up. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that, that to me is like, should be the goal in life, you know, to, to wake up and be like, okay, I'm excited for the day. Obviously every day isn't going to be fucking rainbows and sunshine, but like every, like for the most part, you're going to wake up and be excited for, for what you're about to do for the rest of that day. Yeah. Um, do you, as far as stuff that you struggle with now, um, do you ever feel, uh, this, this came up earlier and I wrote it down. I thought about it. Um, do you ever feel like, because we were talking about effort and trying harder and making sure that you you get your shit done and put in the work, um, all that stuff. Still to this day, I would consider myself a hard worker, but it's so easy to have that like phantom Gary Vaynerchuk in the back of your head being like, you're not doing enough, you're not doing enough. Um, and, and obviously you just always create new problems for yourself. It's just kind of how life works. But do you ever feel like you're only giving um, uh, whatever, like, 40% effort or 60% effort, or you're always like berate. Sometimes in my head, I'm just berating myself. Like you can do more, you can do this, you can do this. Um, have you had to struggle with that over the the years or? No, <laughs> uh, I feel confident in everything I do. I've got big dick energy <laughs> right. all day, every day. I have no problems and never did. Yes. Are you kidding me? I listen to emo music. I'm an emo kid. <laughs> I sit in a corner and brood at least once a week because I feel like I'm not doing enough. Um, like it, it's not every week, but it is at times. And it's, it's gotten better in the last couple of years. Cause it's something my wife and I have talked about in our own relationship. Uh, and you know, I've known for a long time, my dad and I didn't have a very good relationship growing up. Um, and it, it wasn't necessarily his fault. It was more the fault of other people in my family who tried to make my dad look like a really bad guy. Um, and for so long, Oh God, Matt, all I wanted to do for like 19 years, almost actually 20 years of my life. Um, we'll say 17 cause I didn't have a conscious until like I was, I was at least three or four or five. I, I wanted to be anything that wasn't my dad. Anytime I reacted in a way that was similar to my father, either I immediately just started flagellating myself uh, or my grandmother or my mom or my aunts would be like, well, that's not something Robbie Farlow does. That's something your dad does. And it was like, oh, I shouldn't act this way. I shouldn't get mad. Being angry is terrible. Having emotions are, are horrible. And a lot of that, I just... I just put inside and then I got a car and then I had emo music and I was like, yay, emotions, yay, dashboard. <laughs> like I could do this and no one could get mad at me because I can cry and scream at the top of my lungs while, while, while listening to Constantine driving down the highway in the middle of the night. Um, and I had a revelation one day uh, in college because for a long time I swore I would never do the things my dad did. I would never drink. I would never smoke pot. Uh, or do any other drugs. Uh, and it was college. So like eventually I just started doing some of those things. Cause you know, you're experimenting, um, trying to figure out who you are and driving to school one day, I, I was thinking about, about that and about my dad and, uh, that same voice that, you know, told me this was, you know, do or die, if you will, for, for career. It was like, listen, 
you are your father's son. You can't run away from that. You have to accept that you came from him. You're not adopted. Okay. There's like, there are no adoption papers. Your parents never set you down to tell you that. Like you are your father's son, but you don't have to choose to react the way he did. Because at the end of the day, he's just as human as you are. He was making choices that he thought was best for you or for himself. You can't hold him at fault for those choices because he thought they were the best intentions. And maybe he could have been better. And he probably realizes that now. But you have the choice to always be different. And I try to remind myself of that when I get down on myself that like, look, you work very hard. I'm a very, very hard worker. I will. Brandon Lavac, uh, I don't know if you know him, uh, once told someone that like, he was like, dude, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. Robbie Farlow is the hardest worker in the fitness industry. Like, I don't like that kid just like works. Nick Sorrell has said it to me countless times. He was like, your superpower is hustle. Um, but there are days when I beat myself up because I only got 500 words. I got 200 words, 200. Why haven't I wrote a blog post a day? Oh my God. You can't even get on Instagram and write something like, what are you doing with your life? Like everyone wants it, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. It doesn't come up. And I always try to remind myself that like my clients are dealing with the same thing and I give them the grace and the forgiveness and the encouragement to look at where they are and how far they've come. And, you know, JP says this as well. I was waiting until uh, he got brought up. I, you know what? I just wrote something down to remind me of to bring something up. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know, uh, good old Jordan Peterson in, uh, in 12 Rules for Life. Uh, one of them is don't compare yourself to who you are. Uh, I it's it's, it. it's, it's uh, uh, don't compare yourself um, to where someone else is today compare yourself to who you were yesterday basically is what it is yeah so. yeah mm -hmm. and and that's something i try to remind myself and, and my wife reminds me of too at times and and i for her as well is that like hey three years ago you had zero clients you know four years ago i had zero clients uh you know i tripled my clients in a year once um and now i i don't have to work in a gym because i can work online um i don't I mean, do I still worry about like money stuff? Of course. Like, like I always do. Cause I'm probably always going to do that until like someday I'm making six figures <laughs> yeah. and then I'm like, Oh, but why are I making seven? And when I get to that point, then I'm going to be like, all right, I really got to have a conversation. With of myself. course. Yeah, um, no, I completely understand. Yeah. So it's, it's there. It's just learning to manage, to manage that. But what's weird is it, it does start to show up in different ways. Uh, it moved from business to my relationship. It's moved from my relationship to reading. Uh, it's moved to a whole lot. Like it, that, like it just, it's a chameleon, man. It's going to change colors and it's going to morph. And it's this one thing you've always got to fight, but you've just got, always got to be aware of how far you've come. Um, don't settle and be, you know, and just want to cruise, but know that like, Hey, a half a percent better every day is still progress. Right. And you have to, I feel like you have to, um, one of the, one of the biggest things that I like to, to tell people, and I don't know if I got, I probably got this from somebody else, but instead of like working against yourself and just berating yourself, being militant, you have to work with yourself. Um, and, and it's, uh, essentially just, you have to, 
you have to have those days whenever you're having a hard day. Maybe you do need some discipline. Maybe you do need that militant figure in your life, that militant ideal um, to be like, hey, dude, step your shit up. You're not you're just not putting in the work that you um, uh, should be in order to get the results that you are yearning for. Or you could be like, "Okay, hey, dude, sometimes, you know, this has happened with me over these past couple of months, you know, during the summertime, people just aren't trying to get in shape as much as they are like at the beginning of the year or sometimes in the winter or something like that. So I've had a slower month over the past past couple of months or so. And I'm just like, hey, like things like you're okay. Things are fine. Um, I know how how life ebbs and flows. Um, and so you have to kind of be that 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 mother and not to just stigmatize mothers as being more kind and, and uh, thoughtful and then fathers being more militant. But sometimes you need those those characters in your life to help play to your own advantage. Yeah. And I think I think one of the things that I was going to bring up about JP was was that moment that you were talking about. Uh, well, Maybe it was not necessarily one moment, but there's certain times whenever I heard Jordan first talk about this, um, whenever you realize that your parents don't know any better than you do about what you should do than you do, right? Like our entire lives, we go throughout our entire lives, especially childhood. We have teachers telling us what to do, coaches telling us what to do, parents telling us what to do. And then at some point, usually in college or whatever, as you're about to graduate college, your parents and people can't tell you what you need to be doing. That's whenever you have to figure it out. So there's a point whenever you realize, oh shit, my parents don't know what I should do any more than I do. Did you kind of have one moment like that or did you did it evolve over time or or what do you think about that? Never thought about it that way. Um, <laughs> I I mean to be to like to be blunt and honest, I remember God, my cousin graduated from high school. She was like 10 years older than me. So I was like eight, maybe nine. And I remember sitting there and being like, I'm not inviting my father to my graduation. I don't want him at mine. Like I, I, like I, I hated my dad, you know, like he was hard on me. Uh, and in retrospect, <laughs> I guess it's kind of like, it's kind of like end game where like Tony Stark goes back and meets his dad. And he's like, Oh shit. Like, that's that's what it is. So it's the what I was trying to get at is it's the humanization of your parents. You see these parents as like godlike figures in your life that have all the answers, but then one day that you realize that they're just humans, just like you. They're just older. Well, what's so, like my mom? Yes, was that god figure, and for so long, uh, I re remember even in college, someone was like, "Hey, like, why are you in theater? What do you like? What what do you want to do?" I was like, "I just I I wanna I love doing this." I want to get out there. I want to, you know, become a good actor and I want to make enough money that I can buy my mom a house and she can get away from my dad. Like, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to save my mom for so many years. My dad was never really like a God figure. He was really the devil. And, and there's a post, there's a post on my website where I actually say my dad was Darth Vader. Okay. Like, my dad, my dad was Darth Vader for the longest time in my life. Um, and, you know, in that piece, I talk about how, that scene in Empire always terrified me because Luke chops off his head and then his face is under the mask. And this is before we ever like knew like Luke, you know, I'm your father. Like, um, or I'm sorry. No, I am your father. It's not Luke. I am your father. We've all made that a part of our consciousness. But we've all got it wrong for 40 some <laughs> years. Um, is that like, I, I always thought I would just become him. Like there was no escaping it that like I had to run as far away from being him. 
Um, so he was never like he was never the ideal. I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say I would say it less of as as an ideal, like a positive ideal. It'd be more like a um um a judge. He he would be your yeah. judge of everything that you did, right? Right. So if like I did things that he would never do, then like I'm a good human being. I'm a good person. I'm a good man because I'm he was not your him. measuring stick. Like he what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I I don't know when it was. Maybe it was just being in college and having like done things that like he did that like I didn't think I would ever do and just coming to that realization. But I, I will tell you that going to class that day, I have not had a moment in my life where I've ever felt that free again. Like I, it, it felt like everything I had carried around for so many years was gone. Like it was just, it, it was lifted away from me. Uh, I felt lighter uh, I like it just, it, it was the best feeling I ever felt because in that moment I was able to accept that and, and move beyond it and see my dad in a different way that, you know, now like he'll sometimes bring that stuff up and I'm just like, dad, it's, it's okay. You're a human being. And I, if I had known that when I was younger, I would have been more forgiving, but you know, people were trying to make you out to be a bad guy and I was listening to them. I, you know, I didn't know who else to listen to because you were working all the time. You know, you were trying to give us more than what you had. And uh, I, I wish that I had understood more and had talked with you more and, and not just seen you as just some bad guy. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that a lot. That was kind of your moment of forgiveness in the car. Maybe you think it was just forgiveness and acceptance of everything you kind of just released it all. And so you felt free. Yeah. I mean, it just like, you know, if you like when you got a heaviness in your lungs and you like let it out inside and you're like, huh. like it was like that, you know, that heaviness was gone. That weight was gone. Um, and it allowed me to start repairing our relationship. And for me to just let go of a lot of shit that was like, look, you know, my dad cheated on my mom twice. And I just asked him uh, a few months ago about that because I didn't know. I didn't know what happened. I thought like it was on purpose. And like one time was, I mean, I guess you could say they're on purpose, whatever. One time was a really stupid decision. And the other time was they were both really stupid decisions. Um, <laughs> but like I got context for why that happened versus just like, I wanted to like treat to her hurt mom. her. Yeah. To, I mean, obviously there, there's a, there's a variant of that, that, that just has to happen. But as far as like, malevolence being the prime driver, you know, it's, it's not always that black and white. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, so you guys are cool today. You're, you're, you're repairing the relationship. Uh, we've, we've been, we've been good since 2007, probably. Um, you know, we talked about it. We talked it out. Uh, well, kind of talked it out. Um, but really I think it was just me letting go of that stuff and seeing my dad in a different light that allowed me to like, to not hold that, that those grudges because those grudges weren't getting me anywhere. They were just making me worse. <laughs> like they were just making me worse. Um, and, and coming to that, that terms with that and being like, Hey, he's a human being. He's going to fuck up and make mistakes. Also your mom fucks up and makes mistakes too. So like she doesn't get away scot-free either. Um, you know, and just knowing that like, I am not a parent yet. I'm, slightly terrified by that aspect even me and my wife are like oh my god 
we've got to work on our shit or we were going to fuck a kid up. <laughs> I was, oh this, my is, God. this is where I was going next. I was curious, what what's your all's thoughts on that? Are you all planning on doing that soon? You don't want kids? What's going um, on? I mean, that's an ongoing To get super personal. <laughs> uh, it's an ongoing conversation and, and one where like some days we're like, yeah. And then other days we're like, no. Walking the target and someone's like throwing a timber tantrum and I'm like, no. Nope. I understand. I can't like, can't, nope. As soon as one starts crying, I'm like, can you get that beast under control? <laughs> right. Sheesh. Um, which makes me feel like a really horrible human being. So there's a whole lot of things I'm trying to work through uh, with all that as well. But um, I don't know. You know, someday we'll we'll figure it out and uh, and go from there. But, you know, a lot of it, too, is just like we're both kind of working through a lot of the things from uh, from our parents' time and uh, and growing up that it's like, oh, wow, I didn't realize, like, I did. I do do some of the things my mom did because, or my dad did because I didn't think I did, but I am like, I'm totally doing those things because they are our first teachers, you know, like, uh, and, and we held them up as, as these heroes, these gods in some way. And it's like, well, I got to figure out my shit so that like, I don't mess a kid up too bad. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I think, I, I'm the same way. I've I've thought whenever I think about I'm not I'm not even married yet, but whenever I think about having children and and things like that, I'm just like God. I I just feel like I will. I feel like you always feel like you're going to be overprotective. You're going to do something wrong. You're going to you know do all these things to fuck up your kid. But from most of the parents that I've talked to, they're basically like just love the the kid, like just care for the kid and take care of it, and you'll you'll probably be okay. Um. As long as it, you know, obviously there, there's some, some caveats there, but making sure that you, you, you love the child, that's, that's going to be, um, I, I, I would love the kid until the kid told me he was a Duke fan and then I would immediately, I would get rid of him. I would sell him. I don't care. Like, no, no child of mine will be a Duke and fan. I, you're absolutely out. You're not. up for adoption. Absolutely. Absolutely <laughs> not. You can cheer for the Yankees all day. You can cheer for the Lakers. You can cheer for the Atlanta Falcons so that you can be depressed all your life because they're the biggest choke artists in the history of choke artists. Fine. <laughs> but you will not cheer for Duke because you're not allowed this yeah. house. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. That's amazing. You know what's funny is while we were talking through a lot of these like serious subjects, I was like, he's not wearing pants right now. <laughs> <laughs> I my, my butt is getting pretty sweaty, what can I say? Uh, but you know, gotta I gotta keep the streak going. Uh, gotta keep the streak going. Did over uh Almost 300 episodes on my podcast. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's... Oh, so you've done yeah, every single one so, pantless? For the most part. That's that's amazing. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, well, uh, well, cool. What's what's uh, what's what's next for you? What's, like, exciting you right now in life? Are you just doing more of the same stuff? What's what's going on? Uh, uh, right now, just more of the same stuff. Uh, just continually trying to get better uh, with, with writing. Um really trying to I'm trying to find that next thing that like hooks me that like I really want to write about. Um, I love writing about fitness and I'll write about workouts and bodybuilding and, and all that stuff. Um, but I also love to think. Um, and I've written a few pieces, you know, over the, over the years uh, where like I was reading something and, and it popped out to me and I was like, Oh, why, why is that? And then I like make notes. I write about it. Uh, so I haven't really had anything like that since last 
was it spring when I posted that? Maybe it was spring, spring or winter. Uh, for a while, I've been working on, and maybe I'll finish the essay series or I'm just going to write the one and be like, here's this thing that I wrote uh, on why the Sith code is better than the Jedi code. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, for personal personal development uh, and uh, taking charge of your life. Oh, wow. Uh, so I wrote, I wrote the first one for the first stanza uh, and I was going to write more and then life is just kind of, we moved to New York where my wife got a job to uh, Western New York. Um, and that kind of got in the way. And then, you know, having not having clients don't get in the way, but like, uh, my client base has grown. Like I, I'm working more with, with more people. And, you know, with that side, you're always answering questions and then you're writing to your email list. And then I was kind of playing with Instagram for a little while, trying to do like two posts a day or a post Dude, a day. It's, it's, it's ridiculous to keep up with. It's just, it's it can can just be completely um uh depressing and consuming <laughs> to yeah. be honest and it's you know, my my wife has uh i've been supporting us for the last year she took a year off from teaching um and uh i'm going to get an evil eye from this <laughs> um but she's been she's been around more often so like i've been trying to make sure i'm spending time with her so she's not like bored all the time Cause I like, I would just work all day. I'll just work all day. I'll write, I'll read, I'll do whatever. Um, so trying to manage that and then having to, you know, take on a few more clients during that time to help. Um, so I'm trying to find that thing. Like, what is that next thing that I want to like sink my teeth into? It might be to go back and finish the Sith code series. It might not. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely understand. That's why I've been, I've been dabbling in. Well, that's why I think from the beginning I've kind of, naturally just wrote about stuff other than fitness just kind of things that i've thought about or or whatever um actually just because i've been thinking about it it involves going back to watch all 20 seasons and there's at least two books i want to pick up uh but i've been really intrigued about writing about south park if this is their last season um south park is the most socially conscious and socially relevant tv show of the last 25 years. How crazy years. was the last season? Uh, dude, they predicted 2016 a year before it actually happened. <laughs> they were talking about the issues that like a lot of people are talking about now um, that got Trump elected um, before that election ever took place. Like, But what's interesting about them is that they came in and they were, they were silly and ridiculous and abrasive and then they became a satire of American life. And then now they're like, we don't know what to do <laughs> yeah. because we're, we're, we're satirists. Like we're going to make fun of people and we have to make fun of people for us to like have some comedy. But it's like, how do we do it in the world of Twitter and the world of, of outrage culture and the world of political correctness, of yeah. political correctness? Like, how do we do that? And it's like, look, there are two there are two TV programs in the last 50 years. Now someone else could come out and say could could educate me and say there's another one. But I think the two that have been the most impactful in terms of uh making fun of society and putting that mirror back in front of us is Monty Python. Uh a lot of what you can learn in life, a lot of the things we're talking about today, Monty Python was talking about like back in the day with Flying Circus. Um, now granted as Americans, we just thought they were silly Brits, but for the Brits, like it was very much 
And I think South Park became that for us. Like the Simpsons were in some ways, but South Park more so. Um, because they were like, we don't care. We're just going to go after everybody. We're literally going to make fun of everyone. And they went in, they go guns blazing. And, and they go, and they go guns blazing. <laughs> and now it's like, they don't know how to operate in a world where if they make a joke, they could wake up the next morning and the, and people are like, cancel South Park, cancel South Park. How could you like, and Comedy Central is going to be like, we're not canceling South Park. Like, you know, like the same reaction that happened with uh, the director of, of Guardians, like what he said, it, like it's not okay, but like everyone's made jokes they're not proud of. Um, and for them to fire him from that and then to hire him back is like, well, why did you fire him in the first place? Now you just, now you just screwed up phase four. I wanted as guardians of the galaxy, damn it. Not <laughs> right. Thor four. I wanted as guardians of the galaxy. Right, right, right. Yeah, no. I, so I've been, I've been thinking about, uh, writing about that because I've written about, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and why it's the most, uh, why everyone should watch it as a TV show because without it, we don't have the great television we have now. Um, and I wanted to talk about that with South Park because I've always loved Matt and Trey uh, in just what they do and in the way that like you can watch the show and you don't realize they're making fun of like things that like they're making fun of. But it's just it's there's always like they always try to give you a message, even though we're always like Cartman. Why do I like him? Why would I do <laughs> what Cartman would do? Yeah. Oh, I'm a douche. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But yeah, so I thought about doing that. It just, I all it, it goes back to that whole thing that Gary Vaynerchuk voice. If I'm not writing and I'm even though I'm watching South Park for like research, it doesn't feel like research. Right? Yeah. It's like oh, it's just like or writing on Instagram or something like that. Like if you're doing an Instagram post, it kind of feels like work, but it's also like what the fu- what am I really doing here? Or like yeah. doing a story or something like that. You know, like what am I really doing? Um, but. Uh, but yeah, man, I think that sounds that sounds amazing. I would a hundred percent read that. I think yeah, South Park's clearly doing something right, and 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 being able to write about that, I think, sounds fun and beneficial. I sort of want to ask, like, and I'm sure by the time I got to like writing it, like maybe outrage culture would be kind of dying out, and and everything kind of comes down because this all comes in pendulums. Like it's all a, it's all like it's all a cycle. Like a lot of the stuff we're talking about today, we will be talking about in 2060. Like it's it's probably going to happen um, in some aspects like technology will continue to change. The world's economy is, is going to continue to change uh, to c- continue to change as Asia and Africa uh, become more and more developed um, and, and become and the West stops driving the economy and those countries start driving economies. Um, but I think we'll still talk about a lot of these things because they just kind of go in those cycles Um so it would be interesting to tackle it in like, well, what's going to happen in 30 years? Who's going to be the satire in 30 years? If we can't make jokes that offend people, who's going to put the mirror in front of us to show us what's going on? Our ridiculousness, the absurdity of who we are. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no. That, yeah, I 100% agree. Um, well, shit, man. I think uh, I think that's, a, that's about, uh, about an hour in. What, um, what do you... Uh, want to plug like what uh where can people find you uh yo i got my uh my new uh rap album coming out it's called uh <laughs> the ginger king among us it's hot it's dropping 
in October. Pick it up. Oh yeah, dude, that that fucking question you asked me on my on my drunk cast. First off, it took me I think 18 minutes to answer and it took way too long cuz I was like, "Oh my gosh, I just realized I spent so long on this one question." But I enjoyed <laughs> doing it. I enjoyed figuring it I, out. I I can't wait to hear that one. <laughs> uh and to hear your answer. Uh so context on that question. One of my best friends in college uh had that idea for a movie and he was like, I want to write this as a film. And at the time, <laughs> you know, uh, it was like, it was after nine 11 was before we'd called Osama bin Laden. So he wanted George Washington to like, uh, be making out with Cleopatra and they like hit this boulder and the boulder like rolls off the edge. And he's like, Oh my God, this boulder. And then it lands on Osama bin Laden and kills him. Holy shit. And just so it's sort of like America beats Osama. Right. And I was like, all right, that's kind of a funny scene. Um, but I always love that I, that idea of like, if we had to go to the future and you had to bring people from all over history to like fight it out to the death to be the world leader, like <laughs> right. who would you pick? Cause like, if that's the case, like that's a stacked movie with like 40, 50, 60 characters. If you can only <laughs> pick five or 10, who are you picking? Dude, that sounds like an amazing South Park episode is what it sounds like. <laughs> that does. That would be an amazing South Park episode. That'd be so good. Uh, I guess the only things I would plug is, uh, you know, you can read more of my stuff on sidequestfitness.com. Sidequest, like a video game. Uh, that's kind of where it all came from anyways. Um, so you can read over there. You can find me on Instagram at sidequestfm. No, I'm sorry. At sidequestfitness. I changed that because I could do that now. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I used to have at fm uh, because of the radio. So it's still at fm on Twitter because I can't get any more characters. Um and then you can just find SideQuest Fitness on Facebook. Uh, if you head over there, uh, if you're a guy, uh, you can find my Make Your 30s Better Than Your 20s guide. If you're above or in your late 30s, heading into your 40s or in your 40s, uh, you can head over there uh, or just shoot me a DM. I can send you the 40s guide. Uh, I don't have both of them up because I haven't. I'm, uh, I just pay my web developer uh, <laughs> right. to make my website look better. <laughs> right. uh, so I haven't I haven't put both up yet. Um, but that's where you can check me out. Uh you know, find me on Instagram, shoot me a DM, you know, all, all that stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah. All right, great. And if you're 60, you can hit him up and to hang out sometimes on the weekends <laughs> at Bob Evans or something. Bob Evans. <laughs> <laughs> or friendlies. We have friendlies up here. Oh, okay. Got uh, it. And I know it sounds terrible, but I know, I know the age demographic of a place is on the higher end of an age range. If there's a friendlies, like, <laughs> yeah. if there's a friendlies in your town, you're like your average median age is probably over 45. That's hilarious. Yeah, we've got a few we've got a few Bob Evans, a couple couple of cracker barrels that are around here somewhere. Um those are all yeah, those are all like Dude, you're you got to be like 110 and older to come in. Anytime I travel above the Mason-Dixon line to see a cracker barrel, it's it's like this weird thing where I'm like, "What the how is <laughs> No, what? I know, right? This is above the Mason-Dixon line? Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. going on? What world am I in? <laughs> uh, that's great. That's great. But um, but cool. All right, everybody, you can find everything you just said in the show notes. I'll make sure I link everything there. Um, yeah, send him a DM, send him a message, say what's up, check his stuff out. It's amazing. Um, and I think that's about it. Robbie, thank you very much for coming on, brother. Thank you so much for having me.